This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too. So they're ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Christopher Schindler. Has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. Welcome to episode 60 of the Andy Takes That Chance podcast. Town make it back-to-back wins for the first time since November, leaving Lee Boyer's bottom lip so low it was declared as a trip hazard around HD1. Responding to the opposition fans heckling, Callum Grant scored twice before Janino Bakuna did this. Bakuna shoots. It's an absolute beauty. What a strike from Janino Bakuna. Bakuna at his best from 25 yards. An absolute net buster from the Dutchman into the top corner. Coming up this week, we'll reflect on the superb 4-0 win over Charlton and look forward to the next game on the horizon. Let's get going. Jetson's there, Billy in. The goal for his Billy Huddersfield Town. Back at the Rob Edwards. What a goal for Rob Edwards. Is this the moment for Lee Fowler? It is. Take your place in Division 2, Huddersfield Town. Huddersfield's got the chance with Clarkson. I'll get through. This could be a chance to equalise. And they have equalised. And you know who scored it, don't you? It's Jordan Rhodes. He's missed. Steve Simonson clears the flame of the goal and collapses in a heap of tears. Pink's got a chance. Pink scores. Jack Pink scores. Polita can straight to Moy again. He shoots. What a goal, Aaron Moy. An absolute thunderbolt delivered all the way from Australia. Where's he going to drop? Smith scores for Field Town! 3-2 Town! 4-3 Town at Sands. Forrest Jerry! Danny Ward saves! Danny Ward saves! Play down the left and Moy stayed onside. Here's Mounier! 2-0 Huddersfield Town on the opening day of the Premier League! Dequatra's in! Brand De Gea! 2-0 Huddersfield Town! Turn it into the pocket. Yeah. 
pushes forward. De Plas has got the better. Yes! And Lauren De Plas has scored. Lauren De Plas has scored. Okay, so this episode again is sponsored by the brilliant Magic Rock Brewing. Uh, we'll be announcing some new events coming up soon at Magic Rock, so uh, keep your eyes and ears peeled. Uh, Magic Rock, for me personally, the perfect pre-match venue uh, covering you for beers, and there's some superb food as well that you can get there pre-match. And it's just a little jaunt away from the stadium as well. So if you've not been to the tap rooms in either Home Firth or Birkby, check them out. This week, back in the hot seat, is Richard Kosmala. And today we're throwing out two debuts. Firstly, his magic, you know, it's the blogger formerly known as Terrier Blog, a.k.a. Bloggy Potter. It's John McNamara from Northern Ireland. How are you doing, John? Uh, I'm not bad, thanks. How are you? Very good. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Looking forward to it. Fantastic. And then secondly, from closer afield, it's the Andy Takes a Chance feature writer. It's Brady Frost. And... uh, Good evening to you as well, Brady. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Thanks for having me on. Finally, nagged you enough. No, you've been on your knees for the last 12 months begging, haven't you? So I thought, you know, we'll throw the guy a bone and uh, and see how he does. So, uh, I'm glad you were clarified on the knees there, <laughs> just, just for anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you both for coming on. I know it's late at night, so uh, we appreciate that. And uh, let's get fired in. So... You've come on, you've struck struck gold, struck oil, whatever you've struck. It's Town 4, Charlton nil. Not many games like this. Uh, how do you, like, you're based over in Northern Ireland, aren't you, John, at the moment. So how do you, do you follow the games that I follow or do you get over every so often? How how do you take in, uh, take in the game on a Saturday? Yeah, so what I tend to do, it's a bit, a bit strange, is uh, I actually play football on a Saturday. So uh, I finish up about four, half past four. And then I try and not see what the result was, and uh, that doesn't always work. Um, okay. And if it's a good result, I'll uh, I'll watch it back in full on iFollow. If it's a bad result, I'll uh, I'll watch the short highlights and then uh, read all the horrible tweets. And uh, <laughs> yeah, make my mind up from that pretty much. Because <laughs> Cosy, you're in a similar sort of situation at the minute. You've had to go out and get a job. I, and uh, yeah. you you fo- you watch it back as well, don't you? On iFollow? It's interesting. Yeah, I'm fo- well. I'll tell you next. Saturday at five, but I'm there Saturday. But yeah, and it's really interesting what I just said there because it's so true. Because you do read the tweets, the comments, the the vitriol. I mentioned last week the Cardiff game out disaster, this, that, and the other. And then you watch it back the next day, thinking it wasn't that bad, really. So it's really interesting when you're not either a your emotions are detached. Yeah, aren't you haven't had a drink or b, <laughs> you know, you're just kind of watching it as a. It's almost like kind of a scout, really. So, but yeah, it's. Uh, it's always better though when you put your phone on at five o'clock and we've won. And uh, I, I yeah. can't do that, you know. If if I know this, if I know there's a game going on and it's live, I have to look. I, I'm obsessed. Yeah. I have to look. I can't watch it back. You know, my my other half, Rachel, she does that sometimes. If we've been out and the England games are on or something, I can't wind it back to the beginning and watch it from the start and not know the score. It's like it's live sport. I have to know the score. So more power to you guys who can do that because yeah. I I can't. <laughs> Normally, what happens with me is. Uh, It'd be half time in the game, and then someone will shout over from the corner. Huddersfield's oh, getting beat again, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so it gets ruined for me that way. But uh, but yeah, what you think of is really interesting. Cause, um, 
the Cardiff match, um, I went on Twitter afterwards and uh, I think all 11 players were called out for being a disgrace or having a shocker in that match. And uh, I watched it back and of course there were one or two players that, that were bad, but you know, if you'd have if you'd have gone by Twitter, you'd have thought it was the end of all 11 players' careers, you know? Hmm. I stay off of Twitter. If we've played badly, I stay off me. I don't put anything. I, I just I, I just kind of detach because I always think you'll probably say something that a couple of days later when you've calmed down, you'll probably regret putting and I, and I'm not one to delete tweets either. So it's, it's just one of those things. But Brady, you were there on, on Saturday as well. Um, how did you see the game? I, I thought Town were, uh, were fantastic. I, I, I thought, especially the start, you know, we've, not criticised, but we've we've mentioned that we're quite worried about how slowly we start games sometimes, and sometimes we can uh, play ourselves out of a game in the first twenty minutes. But you know, we started brilliantly, started really well, uh, and deserved the goal when it when it came. Yeah, I mean, you know, what a difference a week makes, especially after the Swansea game. Um, I think I kind of said when I rang in on the mailbox, like how it was the, um, the matter of the defeat, how disappointing that was, but. Obviously, we got the great win um, against Bristol. And then, uh, yeah, I thought we started really well. I mean, I thought, as I'm sure we'll go on, I thought Grant was a nuisance. And, uh, you know, for the for the first goal that he scored, yes, Charlton are asleep at the back. But, you know, it's good pressing from us. And then after that goal goes in, I just think there's only one winner. And I just thought we were excellent. And it's, you know, it's such an important game. It was just, it was great to see. And, you know, a lot less worried about uh, looking over our shoulder now. I think the thing that stood out for me, it's got to be our strongest bench for for months, for years. Well, exaggeration. Also, Bakuna, Kachunga, Munier, Pritchard, Kwana, Stankovic—they'd have been in a probably our, you know, maybe arguably first team in in August. But wow, that's not a bad uh, bench to change the game. Not not that we needed to really where we uh, played. That that's one thing that really stood out. And again, it, I think it just proves that the January business has been sensational and and it had to be really because you look how tight it's getting it's uh, it's all credit you know to the uh, to the chairman and, and Danny Carley for landing the targets and uh, yeah that bench is strong Cosy a couple of weeks ago well not even a couple of well about a month or so ago we, we kind of sat here and, and you were saying that um, style of play wasn't wasn't yeah it, it, was, it wasn't boring but it wasn't quite what we wanted in, in, in many ways and we didn't really know where we're going but you watch the game on Saturday and the game against Bristol City and all of a sudden it's very front foot, very, you know, the pressing from the front, like Brady mentioned, the pressing from the front from Grant for the first goal. Emil Smith-Rose dropping into pockets. All of a sudden you can kind of see this pattern developing now, can't you, and the way that he wants to play. And you can see with a, 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 a winger, and a, a proper winger, you know, Kachunga's a, a striker who's played wide, to, to be fair to. Uh, you've got Willock now, Chris Willock on the flank, who's who's coming in and his interplay is very good. You know, he's he's... 22 but he's, he's a proper winger you can all of a sudden you can see something happening and it's much better to watch now isn't it it's very pleasing because the one thing that we're always in the back of my mind because we were winning games you know the odd game here and there and but I was thinking this is I was being walking out on the ground thinking this is one but this is poor but then you think well hang on a minute we need to stop up by hook or by crook so we'll take this but then in my head I'm thinking well hang on a minute no it's the entertainment business we pay good money but then I always thought he hadn't got his own players in yet give it till at least January and to be honest I were right and as, as long as we stayed up and even if the football wasn't great then you know I could say it. and then you, you kind of think well is this how Cowley plays because obviously he came with a bit of a repetition if you believe some of the other teams that were involved oh, down there long ball, ball. but and obviously we saw it 
in the uh, you know the league cup early on in the season. But no, it's been really pleasing, and I I think from Fulham onwards where we played some great football. The Swansea game was just a bit of a weird off night, I think. Uh, well, off day. I, th- I felt we went down there to contain, to be honest with you, I hope we don't do that at Ellen Road, which we'll come on to later. But yeah, it's good to watch. And that's what, with the season tickets, uh, you know, obviously on renewal time, that's what we want to see as well. But when you've got Neil Smith-Rowe in uh, in your lineup, and you know, obviously he's been back in now last couple and uh, wow, what... What a player he is. He's just sensational. You'd pay your money just to watch him alone, but Willock's been great. And yeah, there's actually players now you're, you're looking forward to coming to watch. And that is the difference for me where I just saw before he was a lot of graft, more grafting than we're used to seeing it, certainly under uh, Siva. But I wanted to see a bit more flair for, you know, to get me out of the games. And uh, yeah, we're seeing that now. And obviously picking up results and it's brilliant. John, um, Watching from watching an iFollow from Northern Ireland, how good can you see uh, from from the start of the season? How good now is or Noy, as you would say? How good is Louis O'Brien? I think uh, Louis O'Brien's fantastic. I was uh, I was reading through Twitter earlier, which is kind uh, of sounds like my main source of news. Um, but um, some of the stats uh, that he's come up with this this season are just incredible. I think. Um, like a lot of fans, I always thought of Jonathan Hogg as the enforcer, the linchpin to the midfield. But Lewis O'Brien's kind of, he, he's outgrown Jonathan Hogg in a way, I think. Um, not only like, is he great. At, would you say he's almost like Hogg 2.0, if you like? Yeah, because, I mean, I mean the big criticism with Hogg is that he can only pass the way that he's, he's facing, you know. Um, but Lewis O'Brien can beat a man, he can run into space. I think the, the only thing that he needs to work on, and it's only a, a small thing, is his composure in and around the box, either for threading a, a final pass or, or shooting. But it's it's remarkable. I mean, when he was in the team at the beginning of the season, I kind of thought, you know, I haven't seen much of him. He was part of a pretty dire Bradford team the season before. But it's, you know... Is this everything that we're going for this season? Putting Lewis O'Brien um, in the starting lineup, but week after week, he's just been—he's been phenomenal, and he's, he really is a highlight of the season for me. Uh, Cosy, me and you uh, a little bit, and, and Brady will bring you in on this as well. So, a couple of players who've struggled a couple of months ago were Trevor Chaloba and, and Christopher Schindler struggling uh, was struggling a bit since as well. Uh, we, we've discussed, but I thought both of them were, were were excellent again and followed it on from Tuesday. So Brady, we'll go to you first. Christopher Schindler, captain of the side, you know, it, it, it mentally it looked like he'd taken a real sort of dip. You know that we're hearing uh, not rumors or reports, but you know that the managers are saying and he's saying the the relegation and the results, you know, have hit him personally very hard. You know, he's taken a lot of it to heart and you can kind of see mentally at one point he probably wasn't in the, the best of places. But I think we're, we saw a bit of a renaissance and then a dip and I think he's coming through again. And, and for me, Christopher Schindler, the last two games has been has been excellent. And he's someone we, we desperately need, Brady, isn't he, in this in this run to the end of the season? Oh, definitely. I mean, you know, like he's one of the few people from, from the promotion season left, really, him, him and Hogg. But I think the reason Schindler's come on for me is um, you know being paired alongside Richard Stearman I think obviously uh, we've, you've kind of talked on the pod how Stankovic has done well and he's gone in there but he's quite similar to Schindler as like a ball playing yep. centre back but I think Schindler is a lot more confident when he has someone like Stearman next to him someone who's going to do the dirty work for him you know I, particularly in the Bristol City game I thought Stearman was kind of 
quite calm in the last five minutes when we conceded a stupid goal and then they piled on the pressure and lumped it forward. He was heading stuff away. You know, I think Shinler responds well to that because he, he can relax knowing that he's got someone who's going to do the dirty work for him and he can concentrate. Shinler can concentrate on what's good for him, which is, you know, playing it out, you know, passing, keeping the game ticking. Um, yeah, and it's just, it's just great to see. I mean, I know we all bang on about how much we love, we love Schindler, but, you know, he's such a good guy and he's done so much for this club. So it's, it's good to see him smiling again. You know? I think with Shallow, but though, God, he's, here we go, maybe a bit of a, an angry name. But the one thing that you do pick up on these I follow, the crowd is still not giving him anything. I, I get he's never going to be the most sexiest of the Seal Town player just because of the role that he plays. And I thought he had a really good game again on Saturday, but the crowd affects. If he doesn't pass that ball in that millisecond, there's, there's, there's real there's aggression trust, towards him. There's lack of trust in there. There is, mate. And, and, and I honestly just think it's... No, not everyone. There's just sections. No, but it's, it's so frustrating, really, because it's kind of like, come on, get, you know, we should be like behind him, really, and that as well. And judging him, not, not what's happened before. He, he's never going to like burst through three tackles and, and score an absolute worldy like Bakuna. Like, that's not his job, although he did score a good goal at Cardiff earlier on. But I just feel that... I think people have just made their mind up over him and it's so frustrating because I think he's playing really well at the moment and, and obviously Johnny Hogg did see him today at this development game. He didn't have the boot on because I think Mel Boo put that, you know, he was at the game on Saturday and had a, a boot on, So, but he, he wasn't kind of involved in the training and all the training gear. So he's going to be out for a little while. This guy, is, I think he's enjoying the role that he's got and, you know, kicking us forward. But I do feel people just waiting for an error from him to get on his back and... I don't know. He just, it's frustrating. It's because it? he's not our player and, and people don't seem, I, I think. I just think because he takes his, Tammy, he, not, he's not an urgent kind of footballer, is he? He's not Lewis O'Brien. Let's, that, that is the thing. I think if he it's were quite that, laid back, like, like Philip Billing, town fans don't like is. laid back midfielders, yeah. do they? No, they don't. They don't. You could probably bring up a few over the years to kind of point Lee out Michael there. And, you know, the like. Yeah, it's, it's just frustrating. But yeah, but going back to, you know, has he played well? 100% the last two games he's been really, really good and he's going to have to be on his A game on Saturday. I like him. I sure. think people forget he's, he's 20 years yeah. old as well. It's only really his second yeah. proper season, isn't it? Playing playing men's football. It's, it's, it doesn't look like it. I think part of it is he's like 6'2", six, 6'3", six, and he looks like he's he could bench press all four of us put together, doesn't he? He's a, he's a strong, strong lad. Someone's but, got to do that job though, haven't they? We can't all bomb forward like, you know, Bakuna and... But he, he looks a different player to and, and Stephen Chicken's pointed this out on the podcast before as well that you play a four two three one and all of a sudden Trevor Chaloba's lifting his head and he's got somebody ahead of him to pick out before in the four three three he was expected to pick his head up he would have a striker marked and then he would he would have to sort of carry the ball or run with the ball and it's not really it wasn't really his strength but I think we now start seeing the player that. Ipswich had in the second half of last season who who was Ipswich's best player. Oh, admittedly, Ipswich went down, didn't go very well, but he was their best player in the second half of, of last season. And I, I'm pleased that he's, he's turning it around as well. So hopefully uh, Trevor Chaloba keeps up keeps up the good work. And uh, if he carries on like this, I'd be all for getting him back next year. As Guys, well. what are we t- thinking about Willock? The one thing that really impresses with me, he seems to have a real football brain. There were times on Saturday where they were kind of, you know, clear, but he was slowing the player down to wait for other people to join attack. He's a real thinking player. Balance. He's got yeah. balance. I mean, God, this is a, maybe having a go at Van La Parra, but like when he was in our wing, you were just, a, you didn't know what was going to happen. I don't think he had the brains, to be honest with you, but I think this guy is... He's a, he were a playground player, yeah. Van La Parra. He's only going to get better with games and he really does give us something that we have not had and to me, it'd be really interesting on Saturday because obviously Leeds is a different you know, kettle of fish, but 
Chung has been out, Willock's come in and the town look going forward look a different different gravy really what do you think john from from yeah. seeing him it, it, to me willock looks sort of 60 percent fit so i don't think we're going to see the best out of him until he, he plays more games personally i think he's done very well don't get me wrong he's done very well with the sort of 60 percent fitness he's he looks like it's percent match fitness that it looks like he is uh, and he'll get better but how, how have you seen it from from over there i think um with Willock, there's a, there's a real big difference in the team because uh, as much as we do like Kachunga for his effort, well, I, I personally like him for his effort and everything he's done for the club, I, I think a, a fullback's more than happy to just give the ball to Kachunga and say, it's like, you, you run at me, try and beat me, I'll, I'll win the ball back off you. But, but Willock's just got something about him where he, I won't say terrifies a, a fullback, but he makes them think, you know, which, which is just drag other players over. Um, and as you were saying, Cosy, as well, he, he has got that footballing brain to slow things down, to, to pick a pass as well. So it's, I, I think it's really good to see a genuine attacking threat on the wings for town because we haven't seen that for, for so long, um, certainly for this season. But going to the Leeds game, I don't know if it'll be more of an impact and if Danny Cowley's going to want to go for Kachunga from the off just because of his workmanlike capability, you know, but let's not forget Leeds are probably the fittest team in the division and Kachunga is a, a marathon runner effectively so I think we could see Kachunga for the majority of the game and then Willock coming on to kind of try and exploit some gaps. The way, the way him and Smith Rowe linked up, I mean there were, a, there were that chance that we had where I think the ball was played too far to be honest in front of him and keep him kind of came right out and, and smothered it but they've got they've really found a connection them two guys and they look, Arsenal yeah, and they both yeah. just look like guys yeah. to me who's not played out there any football, you know, senior football for a long time. They're just enjoying playing football. I mentioned it last week. I think they're enjoying what they're doing and you can't put a price on that where so, sometimes so, Kachunga looks like he's got the weight of the world on his shoulders. These are just two young boys who happy to be playing at a good level for a team that's on the up at the moment. So at the end of the game when they did the wave, the wave came back at the end of the game and... Uh, Chris Willock was 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 right in the middle of it, and he pretty much swept oh. off his feet as well. You know, and it's just like this massive grin on his face. You know, at the end of the game, and he he definitely looks like he's enjoying oh. himself. You see the bench when uh, Bakuna's oh. well there. We're on Smith Rowe. We're nearly on. It's just <laughs> he's honestly, it, he? he, he's brilliant. He's absolutely brilliant. He's he's fantastic. And and a good thing as well is we saw the lesser spotted Alex Pritchard as well, who came on and he played a key point. He made you know a key uh, contribution in in the second goal as well, and. And like you say, the the squad and the the depth is getting better as we go on. And Emil Smith Rowe now we can look at him. He, he's been our top performer in the last couple of weeks, and and all of a sudden now we can look after him properly and rotating Alex Pritchard. And Alex Pritchard, to say he's not played for is it going on four, five, six months, he's he looked pretty sharp when he came. He didn't pace wise, you know, he wasn't quite there, but you know, on the ball, turn pirouette, you know, and and, and lay off. He was he was quite sharp. So uh, things are coming together. Hopefully. Uh, and what I'll do now is I've got a nice red flashing button on on my box unit here, so I'll play the mailbox from from what the other town fans uh, have thought from the the weekend's game as well. Start with that one. I'm so disappointed. 
enjoyed the pie. That pie was really nice. Actually, think the performances was that bad. So let's just look forward to the next game. Hi guys, it's Brady Frost, one of the writers for Any Takes That Chance. And it just feels great to talk about a win like this. Um, what a win, what an end to the week. We had eight shots on target compared to Charlton's two. I thought Grant was a nuisance. Uh, yes, Charlton are asleep at the back, but again, that's good pressure for our first. And then I just felt from then there was only one winner. Um, Grant shushing the Charlton fans there as well. Nice to see there's no love lost. I thought Charlton were awful, really. I know you've got to beat what is in front of you, but I can't really think of them having many chances apart from Colin blazing over and some pressure in the second half. I think Mounier and Bakuna changed the game, added real attacking threat to us, and you've got to say Bakuna's goal, wow, unreal. Um, and I know I'm probably <laughs> running over time here, so apologies Matt, but I just want to make this important point that I saw on Twitter, apologies, I can't remember who mentioned it, um, so feel free to have a go at me afterwards. But if you start the table after Cowley's first point against Millwall, a game which I felt we should have won, um, obviously there was Grabara's mistake, we'd be six in the league. Uh, obviously, that's not how tables work, and you know we need eight more points to hit that magic fifty-point mark. But put it this way for me: if we have another transfer window like we did in January, I'm so excited for the next season under the Cowleys. And if we get some great players to add and keep some important ones, I just think it's going to be such an exciting season. And how long have we been able to say that as town fans? Um, Leeds next. Obviously, can we frustrate them? I don't know, but I think it's going to be a close game. Um, but fingers crossed. Wow, what a difference a week makes in the life of a Huddersfield Town supporter. Two great back-to-back wins and consistent performances. The lads started the game with the same intensity, pace and intent as they finished on Tuesday, constantly building pressure into Charlton's half and dominating that first half of play. Carl and Grant back to his best and clearly had a point to prove after the abuse he got from Charlton fans after the away fixture, although they've been left feeling even saltier after yesterday. High pressing led to first of Carlin's goals and then it was great to see his trademark trick of cutting on the inside for his second and Town's third. Although Town dominated that first half, the second half was really nervy and Charlton had a good 15 to 20 minute spell on the front foot. Town weathered that storm and the impact subs came on. Bakuna causing mischief and creating some great chances with a wonder goal at the end. Mounier comes on and within less than a minute gives us that second goal lead with a magnificent cross from Toffolo. Got to credit Toffolo as he was once again immense, not only offensively but defensively as well, to deny Charlton the equaliser. How to pick out a standout performance, the group works selflessly as a team. With Munio being in the form that he is, it is hard not to argue that he should be starting. But as Danny Cowley called them, he and Campbell make a strike partnership, with Campbell wearing down the defence for Munio to come on and just finish them off. On reflection, that's been working really well. I thought Chalaba had a good match again. He reminds me of Billing in the way he strides across the pitch like a gazelle. And finally, Lewis O'Brien is just that Lewis O'Brien and what a machine. What's great now is that the lads really seem to be enjoying their football again. It's been a joy to watch and they seem solid as a team and the celebrators won. You can see the joy they have with their own teammates when they do well. And it, again, I think that's really shown in their social media at the end. There's a lot of joy in the place at the moment. That was a great result, great scoreline, and we can go into next week's derby with plenty of optimism. And why not? 
Graham Rayner here, part-time comedian, full-time town fan, just reflecting on a 4-0 win against Charlton, uh, which was much needed to lift the mood in the uh, in the region after uh, the the uh, shocking news of uh, Leeds player being convicted of racism. So uh, with that in mind, it was re- really refreshing to welcome uh, Lee Bowyer's Charlton to the town uh, yesterday. And, and, you know, hard lines to them. They've got a tough season ahead. Um, I did listen to Lee Bowyer's post-match interview and... Uh, Let's just say it's nice to see he's uh, still smoking whatever he's smoking, if he thinks that they had five or six good chances and could have won the game. Um, and I, I just wish them well. Um, I'm sure next week when he goes up to Middlesbrough, um, regardless of the result in that crucial six-pointer, him and uh, his former teammate Jonathan Woodgate will let bygones be bygones and maybe go out clubbing after the game. Uh, I'm not sure what could go wrong and pretty sure it'll be majestic. Cheers. I'll check in again soon. Bye. G'day, boys. Adelaide Terry here. All I've got to say is bring on the champions of Europe. What a display on Saturday, or Sunday morning for me. I've not slept that well after a match for a long, long time. Um, it was fantastic. No real uh, negative points. I thought everybody had, had a fantastic game from the defect, from the keeper all the way through to the, the strikers. Um, outstanding points. Oh, Toffolo was, was excellent down the left. Chibola, again, did well. Smith, yeah, shame he was, he was um, injured and played, but still I think he had a credible account. Uh, Willock was a little bit quiet. Campbell ran his socks off. Oh, that's in the middle there. O'Brien again ran his socks off. Some great passing and some fantastic uh, tackling. The goals, yeah, a little bit of luck with Mooney's, but again in the right place at the right time. That's that's great to see. Um, Callum Grant, yeah, looked sharp. Lossell, two great saves. And I've got to say for once, when we were under the rack a little bit in the second half. We uh, we rallied through and got through that and then pushed on and, and, and got the three goals, which uh, was pretty ex- pretty exciting. Um, Stearman was pretty just as normal now, just steady away, and same with Schindler. Um, so now, I think the, the only thing I'm going to say really, uh, the bad thing, I suppose, was Pritchard. He, didn't, he came on, yeah, it's his first game for a long time, didn't do anything, but when he got the ball, it's still the same square pass going backwards. He hasn't got that same touch as, as uh, Emil Smith has. Um, I just love to know who scouted him. him. And uh, anyway, that's the only negative. I'm sorry, but apart from that, great. Looking forward to, to Sunday morning next week, and uh, I think we've got a real chance. We'll hopefully give him a good game. Bye for now. Cheers. Bye. Hi, it's Joda here. Just back to Sheffield after a very enjoyable game. Just about thawed out. What a fantastic performance and a thoroughly deserved three points. What a week it's been. I think, to be fair, the scoreline probably should have been closer to that midweek. But it's really nice to get a clean sheet this time. I think we deserved it. And what an impact the subs bench made. It just shows how much the squad depth has improved when you're bringing on the likes of Pritchard, Bakuna and Mounier. And Bakuna just seems to get better and better every game. What a goal. The link-up play between our attacking players is just a delight to watch at the moment and I think it's creating that buzz and excitement that we've all been craving for so long. And then the celebrations on the pitch, wow, just shows how much this means to all the players and what an amazing team spirit there is in the camp now and I think that's so much credit to the Cowleys. Bring on Leeds next week. Hi everyone, this is Steven John from Malaysia. In my last voicemail, I did mention that I hope to see the team continuing the good momentum from the Swansea game. Well, not only they did just that, but they've also upped the tempo this time. It was just buzzing from the get-go. 
I mean, we were dominating in every aspect and deservingly to take the lead into halftime. But when the second half resumed, I can see a similar pattern where even though we are keeping a lot of possession, making an attempt at goal, but we seem to be allowing Charlton to have the opportunity to sneak back in the game. They had a few chances where they could have just leveled the score. But it was all one way down in the last 15 minutes of the game. I believe that it was our substitution that was the turning point of this game because both Alex and Junino rejuvenated our attack and when Mooney came in, I just felt it was only a matter of time before we would break Charlton's tired defence. It took Mooney just one minute to double our lead and right from then on, I just knew that three point is secured. Eddie Tofolo was a beast on the left side, played like a typical Brazilian fullback running up and down the flanks. And I kind of felt that, you know, the link with ground was the key in our attack. And, and then speaking of Brazilian, it doesn't get any more Brazil than that wonderful goal from our Brazilian namesake, Junino. Such a subtle and elegant shot from outside the box. Has to be the championship goal of the week. No arguments here. And 80% accuracy in our passing, 8 shots on target, scoring 4 of them. Well, I would say this is arguably our best game of the season so far. Next up, Bielsa's leads. I say, bring them on. Please hang up. Right, okay. So thank you to everybody who sent in uh, their thoughts from the mailbox. Just want to put in, Charlton, what a horrible, horrible team. Honestly, they, they, they complained about everything when they had no right to complain. That Hemed, right dirty sod who came on the end, sorry for my language, but he's always has been and always will be. I remember his battles when he was at Brighton. Boy, yeah, I'm not, obviously, you know what I mean? They, they just represent what he what he is, really. I just thought they were, they were audible. I'm going to cut you off there because I think this links nicely onto the danger zone. We've lost... To a pub side. We've literally lost to a pub side. Absolute danger, this fella. Is it Jan Sievert in the crowd, a possible David Wagner successor? Send out Patrick Davidson to find out. Max Saggers, Whopper. Adrian Durham, absolute whopper. Twilight, you can't tell me Eddie Howe won't be keeping tabs on us. Hashtag SWFC. Because I've watched your match today, and trust me, I think you might as well take up archery at times. Golden parachute catch. off how this field how dare you how actually dare you right cause it lee the <laughs> bellend boyer <laughs> again it's just before the game we, we we did the uh me and ian dunn did the love sport phone in on friday and the question from matt beadle and love sport is why is lee boyer complaining about 24 extra hours rest lee Saturday, midweek, Saturday. It's still three games in those seven days. Whether you have your day on the Tuesday or the Wednesday, it doesn't matter. You have an extra day's rest for your midweek game. You know, it's it's all the same. Stop making excuses before the game's even kicked off. And the second goal is complaining about handball. Lee, look at the replay. It hits Mooney square in the chest. It's in. 
And then, and then he's saying it, they had four, five, six great chances, and had they scored and equalised, they'd have won the game. And it's just like it's a bit. It just sounds like a man who's severely under pressure. Well, like I said, the same didn't it, when we won at the Valley with Matty Daly, and the same rubbish were coming out. And uh, guy's a chud. I yeah. just don't like him. I'll be honest. But diving, guys. I'm going to sit back. You know, you guys diving. We've done it before with Ross McCormack. We booed uh, someone, Dean Windass, we booed him, and it's it's bitters on the backside. Oh. So it were really nice on Saturday. Dean Windass that, were all right. That was good. That was decent because he'd give it back. And Cosy, what what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium. You're right near the pitch. Great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Yeah, I enjoy it, but but we could name other players where we've got after them for the connections, but... As soon as they started getting after Carl and Grant, it's like, yeah, he uh, extra motivation, I think, because obviously he got that audible, was it Instagram message? What? You know, so oh, he was, all sorts of he comments, was fired it? up, you know, some ridiculous comments. Wow, did he uh, oh, ram it? <laughs> I, I love that how he shushed them as well. I just thought, do you know what? They're, they're sat there, they're singing songs, which uh, which I won't mention for legal reasons about maybe what, you know, about some things in the past. And, and do you know what? And then. As soon as he shushed them, like bottles came flying in from the top, and I just thought, do you know what I mean? If this is one of the things, it's when you go back to the Ross McCormack thing, cause I sang it when we we're at Elland Road, and then he came and celebrated in front of us, and it's just like, fair enough, yeah, you know fair, I mean? it's, fair. It's pantomime, you yeah. know what I mean? If you give it, you take it, and yeah. the Charlton, some, I like Charlton as a football club, to be honest. I, I, there's a lot to like about them, but I thought their their treatment of a guy who dragged them up from League One was pretty poor. You know, yeah, but except it. from the top boy, you're just like poisoning with just some ridiculous comments. They were good to lose him, but whether or not they thought we were going to be Premier League for much longer, whatever, it's not the point. We were in the Premier League and they were League One. He's going to move. It doesn't matter what you think, whether the Shields being a club or what have you. We were like, Premier like League. Yeah. People are going to bomb. Bournemouth. Bournemouth's yeah. probably the smallest club in the top two divisions. Exactly. But people just are going deal with it, man. Yeah, yeah, what an absolute... Sigh. Anyway. I'll tell you what I want to bring up another thing in that as well. I, I tweeted it on Saturday night. On Steve Mounier. There was no way in God's earth I thought he'd be here past January. But what I'm seeing now is a guy who's giving absolutely everything for the shirt. He's doing brilliant stuff off the pitch. His tweets, his, everything in social media is positive. Big smile on his face. He's loving what he's doing and he's kind of working well at the moment. I mean, there's a lot of debate whether you'd start with Mounier or Campbell and what have you, but we seem to be running Campbell. Campbell's running his uh, socks off, if not kind of scoring what we... the he's goals. other people's socks off as well. He seemed nudged someone over the barrier, didn't he? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was brilliant. <laughs> yeah. But what Steve Mounier, all of a sudden, I, I've got some massive respect for the guy because while we've, you know, the Zankers of this world down tools and some of the other weapons that we can mention, this guy is just like really 
Give it. He's, I'm, I'm, he's, I'm, an, he's a smart, educated yeah. guy as well as Steve Moon. Yeah, it's he's not probably he's worth a, four, is it 40 mil? What did we pay for him? But 11-ish. 11-ish, but I just love his attitude at the moment and it's all. He's it's a not top gone, man. Yeah, he's, he's, a top, he's absolutely brilliant. And, and honestly, I'd love so much for him to get a goal or a winner at Ellen Road on Saturday because he, he just deserves it. He's, I love what he's doing. I think he lives in Leeds, so he'd probably love that as well. But yeah. He um, is at the minute, since he scored his first goal this season, which I think was the header against Nottingham Forest, he's now averaging a goal every 91 minutes. Steve Mounier. Well, yeah, well, I think, um, you know, when when the Cowleys first joined, I, you know, obviously I, I agree with you, Cosic, like I wasn't sure if Mounier was going to stay, but, you know, hearing other fans, like Lincoln fans, and talking how how Cowleys like to play, you know, Mounier is kind of perfect for that big, big lad up front. And, it, it just makes me really excited for, for next season, really. You know, obviously, I know there's talk of Grant going in the summer and, you know, with Smith Rowe, we're not sure if we're going to keep him on. But, you know, I think Mounier, I think this is this is kind of, you know, I think he would be a top, top championship player, as he's been showing, really. And I think a full season, you know, full pre-season with Cowleys, and um, I think he could, you know, go on and, Bang goals in left, right, and centre. I, I, you know, this might be a bold prediction, but I think if he stays and you know Cowley's back him, I think he could get twenty goals next season. And I know that sounds crazy to say, probably you know in November, but not I think his, it's a real possibility. Not on his current stats, it's very possible. I, I loved his goal on Saturday. I mean, I tried to slow it down a few times on that slow mo you get on the. Uh, I it would have to. T- it seemed to hit the top of the shoulder. Didn't it's square yeah. in the chest. I'm saying. I, I at real time, I thought. He didn't feel it was an handball, but I think keeper was clutching at straws, really. Yeah. But but sod them, there was this. <laughs> but yeah, Steve Mooney, uh, yeah, and Campbell. It seems to be working well at the moment. That you know, kind of situation, and uh, yeah, what a win it was. It was just honestly, it. We were saying, weren't we, last week? Could we, you know, use it as a launch pad? We've had a few of these before, haven't we? Where we've had a nice win, and you're thinking, you know, come on, kick on, and it, we've just we're like one lost. Yeah, yeah but, wow, this was. Uh, Different class and obviously icing on the cake goes three and four in you know eighty nine and well, we've got to talk about that goal. That's God, how much publicity we've seen that. Kunas, it's incredible. <laughs> what what would you say is best though? Because I I like technical players. So I'm a, I like Janino Bakuna and Simon, who's not on the podcast. I think he's, he's yes, hiding I, where are you? I think he's hiding this week. So gave Bakuna. I had the player at the podcast back other week <laughs> in, the, in the dressing room before. But yeah. yeah. But I, we know, me and you have always liked him, haven't we? And, and been fans of Bakuna. Without his contributions, we'd be in the bottom three. I'm telling what, you. What do you think is best you. though? The shot, the the long distance shot for number four, or his interplay on the third goal, where he's dived in on the third. You know, he's it's great skill, and the ball he plays to, to Carl and Grant is is excellent. And Carl and Grant's first touch there is is outstanding, isn't it? But um, it's it's got to be the, uh, the 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 pass for the third goal. But I mean. I'm not going to say anyone can can score a goal like he scored for the fourth because I certainly couldn't. But you know, we have seen players wallop him in from distance before. But the the third goal, the way that he just drags the player oh. across the length of the pitch and then just plays that beautiful Sexy ball inside the uh, ah, it's it's brilliant. That shows a real football in brain. And you watch a lot of Championship teams and they don't have players like Janino Bakuna. So. Uh, you know, if we can get him playing ninety minutes every week, getting concentrated, then in tight, tight games, he'll he'll be the difference for us. You know, he's, he's fantastic. I think. Is I think he's a. We always say that we? we've got this uh, John. We've got this four-two-three-one system that we're playing, and we always have this discussion: where does he fit in? And it's like, does he play in the double pivot? And it's like, mm, he's not quite a number ten. He's not quite a wide player. 
he's he's a complete maverick, isn't he? That you kind of just throw on in an area, and he just causes mayhem. Yeah, I, it, it is a tough one. Where where do you play him? And I think you know that's been borne out. We've seen him play pretty much everywhere, apart from centre back and, and and goalkeeper. But I think maybe when the Cowleys have, you know, the the, the very organised management duo, but when they maybe have you know, a full pre-season and they've got all the players that they want, perhaps they can afford to just kind of throw Bakuna in wherever and, you know, the the lesser parts of his game, the things that he's not so good at, will be made up for by, you know, the passes for that third goal, beating a man, scoring from range. Um, so hopefully, hopefully next season we can just, it can be our, our luxury player, you know. I think Danny Simpson was asked in the press conference whether they'd been offered or been talked about for a new deal yet, because obviously he's only to the end of the season. He said nobody wants to, to stay. Would you guys? I'm obviously I'm assuming he'd be on some good cash because he could call the shots. We were desperate for a right back, and he's you know, obviously played and paid at the top level. Would you want him back for season 2021? Uh, it's a, it's a difficult one, really. I think, like you say, when he first when Simpson first came in, um, he did improve our defence no end. But I, I mean, to be fair, he's been a, been a better last couple of games. But when he came back from his injury, it wasn't quite the same. And he is quite old. And I think yeah, you know, if there's an opportunity, <laughs> well, yeah, that's all right, Matt. No worries. Um, yeah, I think if he's if we have the opportunity, I mean, it's not, you know, if we have the opportunity to get someone who's a bit younger, um, I would potentially go for it. I mean, that's no disrespect to Simpson. I think he's done us a real favour. Um, yeah, it's a tricky one. I think it depends. I think there's other priorities for us in the summer, but um, if the opportunity comes up for for another right back, I would probably take it. Go on, John, you can go in there. Yeah, uh, I mean, for me, it's a case of, he's a good solid dependable right back and yes we could probably go out and get somebody better but um, as you said Brady I don't, I don't particularly see right back as a big glaring um, hole in the team like it was before Simpson came in um, I do think it'd be useful to keep him around, around the squad as well because you know he's, he's experienced he's won the Premier League um, and you could see the um, effect that he had on the defence just through his organisational skills when he first came in so even if he's not going to be playing, you know, thirty-five plus games next season, I think it's still a, a good idea to to keep him around the squad. And you know, if we don't manage to recruit a better right back, then I'm I'm, I'm not that worried to be honest. Um, yeah, I think he's a, he's good solid right back. I know we talked about the results last week, but we honestly West Brom nil Wigan. Hang we, on, we, hang on. We, You've not said whether you keep him yet, Cosy. Avoiding that, I don't think I would do, uh, and I agree with what was said just there. I don't think his performances since the injury has kind of you know been up to the standard that we've seen before. To be honest with you, some of his passings a bit. Although to be fair, there was some nice crossing there at the weekend. But yeah, I just obviously we don't see what people are getting paid. But I, I he must be on some good uh, coin. Yeah, he I'd probably imagine. would lower his demands, but. I'm just thinking, is there are there better out there really? And but yeah, obviously he's a good guy to have around the squad. Yeah, I'm not a good. <laughs> I'm a not a manager. It's a tough one. I think yeah. after Swansea last week, I'd have gone. No. Yeah. But 
after the two games, and he's got forward. Yeah, he has. Yeah, he's got. And his crossing's been good. To be fair, in these two I, games, I'm now kind of like softening. Uh, I think Brady hit the nail on the head for me, but I, I think if you remove sentiment, then I, I'd be happy with how they judged his fitness and how it would be if he had a preseason over next year and and make it make a decision. But it's a, it's a tough one, isn't it? But I'm fifty fifty at the minute. But I do I do like the guy a lot, and I think he's added a lot on and off the field. How are Wigan? Sorry, Wigan be, where are Wigan getting this far Wigan from? Wigan are the best side in this league at the Josh Windass, <laughs> see you later. I'll send him to Wednesday. He was absolutely stinking the place out. He's he's put them a total jinx. And the way it's going, they'll probably be swapping places soon. But what a scoreline that was on Saturday. They, Incredible. They've actually got some decent players. When you look at Wigan's 11, they've actually got a couple of decent players. Williams, who plays in midfield, is a good player. That, that, that was at Everton. Um, Kipre, the centre back, uh, who, who came I think from Motherwell, he's he's quite a yeah. good player. Uh, Robinson, who almost went to AC Milan, still there. I don't think he's playing at the minute. I think uh, is it the ex Leeds youngster Pierce playing left back. Uh, but Gary Roberts is starting, and I watched I watched Reading versus Wigan, and Gary Roberts at thirty five years old was decent. He, he played. I, I'm really happy for him actually because he was one of my favourites sort of when, yeah. when he played before. But yeah, and do you know, I watched Reading and Wigan, and, and Kiefer Moore's always been someone I've thought should be decent at this level and could could bang goals in, and finally he's doing it. And and I watched when I watched Reading versus Wigan, Wigan were clearly the better team, and they actually looked decent. And I was like, damn, these guys are they're not going down if they play like this oh. from now to the end. They're, they're staying up. Tremendous. Obviously, they won at Ellen Road. Hopefully, we can follow them on Saturday. But yeah, I just want to uh, have a little, you know. Have a little uh, shout out to my friend, Mr. G Monk. Uh, are you listening, Gary? So when you beat us in August, mate, I remember being in the box for Neil and there were one or two people echoing him and he were proper giving it large to the uh, to the fan base. Speaking of pricks. Yeah, he was giving it large <laughs> to the few people who were out and about when he were doing his Sky interviews. Big, you know, kind of millstone around his neck, wasn't it, with the he's Wagner got, thing. Honestly, they're in absolute like free fall. And they said after the game, it's the worst Manage, worst bit of his management career that he's been in at the moment because it sounds like a guy to me who's got no idea. You know what? I'm loving it, man. <laughs> sympathetic to uh, to Gary Monk there. Oh, get them points off him as well, and then it could be a right effort down down there, couldn't it? But yeah, yeah was, this, uh, this oh, if they if they get a points deduction, I'm really worried about them because you know I'm not worried. <laughs> like just, well, I'm not. I, I'm not, yeah, I'm not worried. But like, I mean, Monk's such a tool, but like. They, you know, they're in terrible form. Like, and I think I just can't see him. Just, I, I don't. It, would it be nine points? That's the kind of that's like the, the, t- the benchmark, isn't it? That they kind of. The thing is, though, for, even though they give them nine points, they've done a bit more than what Birmingham did last year. I don't know the ins and outs, so please don't sue me. But uh, I think yeah. Chancery, the, um, the 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 owner, has got three businesses that he's been using to essentially investing uh, and but these three companies don't trade so they don't actually earn money to put into Sheffield Wednesday and one of them is a taxi firm that doesn't exist apparently called D's Taxis so the, the uh, EFL have got onto that and for me the, the question is it's getting towards the end of the season do the EFL have the balls to, yeah. to bring them in now this is the major million dollar question you're on about teams out of form all sit here in absolute dire straits I can hear Mark Knopfler uh, on his guitar Playing a few tunes there in massive trouble. I think the good thing is that us and Wigan have got a little bit of momentum. We're showing some signs of life. I think Charlton were awful on Saturday. Stoke, I can't work out. They just, we mentioned it before, when they beat us, I expected them to be top half. Not yeah. at all. Middlesbrough, to be fair, they deserve to win on Monday against Nottingham yeah, Forest. 
Oh crap, we're not in a forest. Yeah, they're shocking. Honestly, everyone's, everyone's slitting. How, how crap were they? <sighs> yeah, but oh. they were all rubbish, I thought. Forest. Yeah, you yeah, got some stick. As much as it pains me to say it, and we'll probably bit. come on to the game in a, a second, but I, I think Leeds are there. West Brom, I can't see. Yeah, to, the others are shocking, really. Aren't they? Yeah. Fulham's running's horrendous. I, I would say Fulham, on paper, have the best team in this league. They're but running, they're shocking. Just such an, an, an average manager. Such an average manager is Scott Parker. I think if I think they're this. I think I've said this about every week, but I think they they are this year's West Brom from last year, mm. whereby they've kept a manager out of sentiment because of his his playing career at the club, and I think it will cost them, and I think he'll he'll go next season when they West, fail. West Brom and Leeds, Mark easily that down the best Fulham two fans for when you go up. They deserve <laughs> West Brom and Leeds, best two teams, but they shouldn't be allowed a team from the playoffs. They, that should be it. Two up, and no one else goes up because everyone you're else. Up, you're all crap, honestly, you're garbage, out. isn't there? Everyone I, I, else. I would like Preston. I, I think. Do you know what? Do you know when? I know this is a little bit sentimental and a little bit bit daft, but do you know, everyone like we had our day in the sun, didn't we? In the Premier League, Burnley have had too many days in the sun. Bournemouth the same, and Wigan have had their day. I just feel like Preston deserve a go. They deserve a taste. Do you know? What yeah, I, mean? I tip them I, at the I, start. I like, the, I like that football club. Well, I, think, yeah. I think they're a decent football club, and I think that as as supporters, they've seen their rivals, pretty much every rival: Blackburn, Burnley, Black, Blackpool. They've seen they've seen everyone around them have a go at the Premier League, and they're kind of just sat there. And I don't think they've been in the top team since the nineteen fifties, maybe. No. So I think I think they're long overdue. So I I hope Preston go up. That's maybe been a footballer sentimentalist. I went to see the elite development teams today. Otherwise, I have to watch loose women on the morning or this Philip Schofield and what have you and that as well. But wow, I'd come across a striker I don't want to get carried away I, th- I don't think his ass Matt you were saying guy called Kieran Phillips just scored three goals today he's on loan from Everton but he he looked really good man. Kieran Phillips was with Huddersfield he's a Huddersfield lad he was with Huddersfield until uh, I think under 13s 14s I think I might have told this story a few weeks ago so if anyone's done it switched off so you can switch off but essentially he was a, a Huddersfield academy player till about 40, 13 14 he was seen as one of the top three stars in the academy at that right. time with Jordan Williams and can't quite remember who the other one was, but there were there were like three marked. It might have been Rakeel Pike actually, but the, there were three marked for you know first team, and he was one of them. And then they went to Finch Farm at Everton, and he scored six goals in a game against Everton. I think the ones in the like eight two eight three or something, and pretty much, I'm not accusing Everton of tapping up because I don't have the money to stick up for myself. You know if they take me to court, but uh, apparently by the time they they got out of the car park, Everton were were very much uh, putting the wheels in motion on him. So we, we lost him to Everton quite young. And I think Mark Lillis at the time was quite upset about that. But funny how football works. He's back. Yeah, yeah two of his a goals. Serious knee injury. I think it's a serious knee injury is why he's Two of his goals there. in a six-yard box, like kind of Michael Owen finishes Fox in the box kind of thing. And then one of the goals who were great, a little through ball. I think it was from Aaron Rowe, could be wrong. And then burst to pace, got past the last defender and beautiful finish. And he did stand out. Uh, it reminds me of... Um, it reminds me a little bit of Ollie McBurney at the same age. Yeah. When it's sort, of, it's sort of that rangy kind of gangly. Ollie yeah. McBurney's filled out a bit more now, but he's he's got a lot about him. He's very direct, isn't he? And yeah. when I watched the under 20, I think not quite under 23s, but it's like the EDT against Liverpool in the cup uh, the other week. Uh, he came, Pike started and Pike Pike was poor, to be honest. And Kevin uh, Kieran Phillips came on and he was an immediate improvement. And I, if I'm if I'm in that Huddersfield Town Academy, I'm I'm trying to sign Kieran Phillips at the end of the season. I think he's out of contract as well. Yeah, it looks good. Good to see Camille Grivera back as well. Uh, it's a bit of a weird one at the moment because he's never really going to get back in, is he? You would think now, but someone was saying, I don't know why we're keeping him back. I think it's a bit harsh, isn't it, just to send him I back to Liverpool? Think, he's got a concussion injury. 
Well, he's the thing is, if you send him back, guy. we'd have to pay. I think we have to pay. Yeah. I think it's contract. Look that after you'd have to your pay. players, don't and you? And if Jonas Lowe yeah. gets injured and you send him back, then you look a right set of yeah. idiots, don't you? Absolutely. Uh, D'Amico Danis got an absolute belter, by the way, just kind of uh, the edge of the box into t- top bins. It was brilliant. Jaden Brown were poor. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, I would had high hopes with him. Uh, he started the season quite well, but again, he had that injury and he's not come well. It's come down, isn't it's it? Base, yeah, yeah basically on one performance. In it, it was, it was decent game. against Liverpool. It was the other way yeah. around against Liverpool. Jaden Brown was decent and Dehaney was really poor. Mr. H. Bockhorn was there. Herbert, uh. uh, uh, yeah, but. No, but again, Huddersfield Town winning 4 0 in a game at home. It's, uh, I'm getting fed up of it these days. <laughs> <laughs> but no, a good win and a uh, big game Saturday. Not a seat to be had. Are they opening top tier up this time at Leeds for these games or what? How does it work now? Uh, Who are you talking to? Everyone. <laughs> yeah, anyone wants to listen. I, I, I saw a photo a few years ago. I remember going top tier one open, wasn't it? But that's the, the way end, do you mean? Or the. Yeah, but all obviously all I'm, town. I'm in the top two. Yeah, obviously town fans. Uh, you know, only we we filled it when it were Premier League, but you know we're not good fans. But yet Leeds, obviously Leeds till we die. Then it even up and top two did a few years ago. Now everyone wants to be there, don't they? I wonder why. Is are they doing well or something? No, it's fickle. It honestly, is. mate, they they can never have a go at us because. No one used to come about four years ago, but now all of a sudden everyone's well, leads. Boycotting four years Amazing. They were boycotting yeah. over the owners four years ago. Oh, funnily enough, well, they had the same owner when they are in the playoffs and got 20,000 <laughs> more, but there you go. Honestly. Can we do it in this game? The only thing I'd say that the last two home games, we've played two sides have been poor, haven't we, really? And it is a way. They're the form team in the division. Look at the stats. But we go there with a lot of art, don't we? What do you reckon, guys? Uh, this is something that I've done uh, a wee bit of research on, so it's just to you know, uh, book the trend. But Leeds have been beaten three times at home all season, and they've lost to Wigan, Sheffield Wednesday, and Swansea. Now, only one of them are a good team. And in all three of those games, Leeds have had over 60% possession. Against Wigan, they had 77% possession, and still lost 1-0. So I think the blueprint of how to go there and beat them is very, very obvious. Shit out. Sit back. Shit out of them. Yeah, perfectly. Like we did at Brentford away. And, you know, if you believe everything you hear about the Cowleys, if you've, you know, watched a couple of our games as well uh, under them this season, you'll know that they're quite adept at shit out of So we just need to go there and say, yeah, that's right. You just take the ball down the wings, cross it into Bamford. It'll miss from six yards. We'll play a few long balls over there. So. three now you've said that. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Probably, yeah, yeah. But yeah, just play long balls over the top. Mooney, flip them on, get Cal and Grant in. We'll have two shots on target, beat them 1 0, 2 0. Happy days. We're not going to see much yeah, of I the mean, ball, are we? They, they keep the ball very well. Uh, we're going to be chasing a lot, aren't we? Go on, John, you were, you were in yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, the problem is, that I, I kind of mentioned it earlier about going for Kachunga um, to be more workmanlike. The, the, the problem is if we do go there and we try, try and play them, then logically we'll get beaten because individually and collectively they are a better team than us. Um, so we do have to go there and try and play to, to our strengths. So in the first game we played them, um, I was over for that one. It's very obvious what we're trying to do. We used to be really as a bit of a battering ram and ultimately we came up short. But if you look at our squad that day, it wasn't great. I mean, we had about four 12-year-olds on the bench, you know. Now we've, we've got a much better squad. 
and we can still play that way and we can take advantage of some of the moments that we, we had in that first game and, and potentially get something out of the game. And I know that if, if we do get beaten and we, we play that way, the fans will um, probably probably kick off and say, oh, we should have had a goal. But I think we need to be pragmatic about this and, uh, and just accept, as, as hard as it is to accept, that they are a better team than us. And we're just going to have to fight and, and shit out of it, really. Hope that we come out of there with, with a draw of three points. Can we go with the same team that we, I'd love us to play the same team that we played against Charlton or am I being very naive because I the one thing I don't want to see is what I thought was sort of Swansea where it, the points are good result we didn't show much ambition I want to see what we saw at Derby and Fulham after half an hour where we had no choice really because we were being battered at I want to go there we've got some players that can really hurt them you know look at the starting line look at the bench but back of my mind but I'm thinking we're not going to see much of the ball but They'd rather, let's be honest, on the team sheet, they'd rather see Willock. I don't think they'll be worrying about him anyway, whoever it is, but they'd rather see a Willock than a Kachunga, wouldn't there? Or a, a Smith Rowe than a King. I mean, I don't know whether they'd be fit, but I want us to be really positive on Saturday. Or am I just being a bit naive and on the back of two wins I, against I un- two poor sides? I understand that. My, my concern is that Town have not put a 90, what you would call a 90-minute performance in yet this season. I think to beat Leeds United, you have to put in a 90-minute performance. Town... I think are as good, and I, I don't. I probably got wearing blue and white rose tinted glasses when I say this, but in short spells, town, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes, town can be as good as anyone in this league in very short spells. You know, with you know your Smith Rose, your Grants and Mooniers, etc. Uh, but over ninety minutes, we're, we're inconsistent from game to game, but we're inconsistent within games as well. And I just my my main worry is that we could play well and we could hold them and we can match them for. 30, 40, 50 minutes. But that 10, 15, 20 minute spell where we switch off, that's where they lose. And and that's the, the main concern. Town are 10 to 1 to win the game, which is great odds for a shock. If you know, if you if you if you like that sort of thing. Uh, can we beat them? Yes, we can beat anyone in this league. Will we beat them? That depends on if we can put in a 90 minute performance. How would you set out, Matt? How would what would you I do? I agree with John, I'd play Kachunga, but this is because based Willock. on I'd play Kachunga over Willock because uh, they raid a lot from left back, so they'll have either Alioski or Dallas. The the you know they play a winger there, and they get forward a lot. And Willock to me doesn't look a hundred percent, so I would imagine he'll he'll struggle to do the tracking, the constant tracking. That's where Kachunga's quite key. Whereas Grant, you've seen, we saw at West Brom away, Grant can do that role. It's not great for him, but he can do it. Uh, midfield, uh, Emil Smith Rowe needs to play because we need the outlet that can that Definitely. can break us out. Uh, and I would, I would who will start be after him? Phillips. Who, who do you think will be matched up? With It'll be Calvin Phillips. Did Calvin Phillips play the other day? I don't. Yeah, they did. did they they had a strange kind of formation there where they, they play like a four-one-four-one. Yeah. they with Hernandez a little bit advanced, but. Uh, uh, yeah, it'll be Calvin Phillips sat deep with with Smith Rowe, and that'll be an interesting battle. We've got to um, be so switched on, but we'll be so up for it, though, won't we? I mean, these if these two games had gone the other way, imagine if we'd have lost on Saturday or you know only got one point out of the two. We'd, and I know the opposition were out of form and out of touch, but I, I go there with a lot of that on Saturday. Maybe I be we, naive, I, we can Matt. go there and, and do it, but I think a lot depends on how long we They're can play well, well and how long we can stay in the game for. Because if we can get to seventy minutes and it's level. Then you can throw on your Bakunas, you can throw on your Willocks, and and all of a sudden the game's open, yeah, it's stretched, yeah. and that and that's what I do. And it's not, it's not exciting, it's not, it's it's a little bit negative in some terms. But I think you've just got to when you play someone who's man for man better than you, and and let's not forget 
player for player, they're probably not. If you take Marcelo Bielsa and Danny Cowley out of this, I think player for player, they're not that much better than us. But they are incredibly well structured. They're incredibly well drilled, tactically brilliant. They're the, they're the best side in this league tactically by a long way. The last two teams have gone there to contain from what, you, what I've been told with kind of Leeds fans, Reading and Bristol, and they've come unstuck. They've moaned about a decision. That Reading moaned about a penalty they should have got and what have you. But I just don't want to die. wondering me, but but I know in me. You've, I, got, I, you've got to be smart. If, yeah. if you go swashbuckling from the first minute, you, you could, we could be yeah. out of it after 10 minutes. That, that's the only thing. And I think... Yeah, that's a fair point. But I would, yeah. I, would, I would have a modicum of conservatism about us, but by the same token... You can't put eleven men behind the ball for seventy minutes because they'll just crush you a different way. So we have to. I think that's why uh, Smith Smith Rowe is so important because mm. um, you know, as you, you can't just defend, defend, defend. You have to have an outlet. And Steve Mooney in the first game against him was that outlet because he could he could win the ball in the air and occupy a couple of defenders. But uh, sorry, Mooney was. Um, but yeah, Smith Rowe. He's able to take a touch. He's able to hold the ball. He's able to bring others in play. So he can be kind of that little buffer zone um, that you know takes pressure off us, and it doesn't mean that it's twenty, thirty minutes of just heading balls out of the box. He's very, very key to get people close to him as well. I think that's the other key. Is it's, it's all right him turning, but if he turns twice, Calvin Phillips will will, will, will have him, and, and they press very well. Uh, we need to support him when we've got the ball, and that's another worry as well. If you think of the first game, God, we had a shocking team out, really, and uh, Karoma was out wide. We had back forward, Dehaene Schindler, Stankovic and Anderson I, and if you remember the game, we we missed some big chances. That was the difference. We, we could have had a point that game. Yeah, we could have done. We, if Again, if some buts, but we, we, that's why we've just got to be clinical, and I just hope we're, we're disciplined as well. I think, for example, O'Brien, let's hope he do not get an early yellow because, you know, the... You know, they'll be like being for blood, etc. It's the kind stuff. of game where you miss yeah. Hog as well, isn't it? I'm really looking forward to the game because I just think Ulster Town compared to, mind you, if you'd have spoke us after Swansea, would have been a bit different. But I just think we've, we've nothing to lose. It's just a free hit for us. We, you know, like you've said, they're 10-1 to win the game. No one is going to expect it. Most of the town fans I've spoken to expecting to lose. I'm quite surprised. I thought maybe the last two games maybe would have perked a few up. Maybe I just know a few miserable fans. But yeah, I'm... Uh, I'm hopeful, but but very aware of uh, you know. The prob- probability yeah. tells me they'll they'll yeah. probably beat us two one. I think, but we we can go there and get something. Yeah. It just it's like I say, we've just got to play for ninety oh, minutes, and we've I'd not done to that. Get this like season. say scenario, last twenty minutes we're nil nil and stuff. They'll because they'll think they'll you know pass, they, they'll start. Yeah, they'll cut, they'll obviously the trying to win. It could be a very open game to be honest with you, but I think yeah we'll be uh, like say pragmatic as well. But yeah, bring it on and. Uh, yeah, we've sold his allocation, which I just I wondered at the time whether we would do, but yeah, big time. Four pounds uh, twenty five. It cost me for one ticket. <sighs> Matt, you're not bitter, are you? Just stick a leave, are you? <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be all right if I didn't. See, if you if you could see the whole pitch, but there's pillars and all sorts, and you can't see the whole pitch, and it's just. It might be a good thing having a pillar behind you. Yeah. Yeah. Might be hugging it after ten minutes. You never yeah. know. <laughs> but anyone who's going, drink responsibly, and uh, yes, yeah, sing your hearts out because. I can't wait, me. Yeah, let's see, let's see the proper town. Give them a game. Come on, town. What about you, John? What do you what do you reckon? Scoreline prediction. Um, <laughs> I think we're beating one now. It's a it's a bold prediction, but I just I, I mean we went to Brentford, who are equally as as good a footballing team, and uh, the squad wasn't half of of what it is now, and we managed to 
find a way to win that game in polite terms. Um, and I think we we can take advantage of the, the pressure that's built on Leeds. And you know, as as those results I, I mentioned earlier do show, it, it, it does seem like it does seem like well, well to me anyway, Leeds appear to have been drilled to within an inch of their lives. So if you can frustrate them and stop their tried and tested uh, attacking patterns working, then I don't. I, I don't see their players having the individualism to, you know, just break down a, a, a tough um, and organised team. So I think I think Danny Cowley's the man to, you know, get his playing organised and tough. And I, I can see his nicking one on the break and beating them one 0 Go on, Brady. You're friends with a couple of chesties. How do you think it's going to go? Uh, I think it's that cliche. Whoever gets the first goal. Um, I think this is a really important game for Campbell. I think we're going to be under a lot of pressure and his experience and him winning those niggly fouls and going down when he gets a little chest, you know, an elbow in the back or whatever. I think that's going to really disrupt them. It's it's a tricky one because obviously I want to back town, but Leeds are good and they're good at Allen Road and they're unbeaten for. Um, But I think, you know, if Bamford's playing and having one of those games where he misses sitters. I think that could really play into our hands. Um, I kind of, I'm, I'm kind of leaning McCausey on this. I feel like it is almost a free hit. Yes, it's Leeds, but I can understand why you play Kachunga. But I think it, like, it really depends how the game starts, you know, and how how it goes. I, I think, you know, if, if it's when we played Fulham, for example, you know, like you say, the game has gone at three 0 and then we started going for it. And I do think Leeds can be got at, to be fair. So it's, but I don't know. Uh, you can tell I'm really sitting on the fence for this one. I think, uh, I, I don't know. I'm going to go draw. I'm going to go draw. I just think uh, it sends think a message. If we score first, they'll we'll probably nick one. If Kachunga um, starts, you know, I think, I think, I think that's a good a result when you consider it. If Kachunga starts, I just think it sends a message on our team sheet at two o'clock. For me, they think, okay, he'll work hard. He won't hurt us. Chris Willock might. So, but yeah. I think it's be two two, but that'll be a great result for us. I that'll think it's going to be a good game. Yeah, Excellent. I'm looking forward to it. Right, thank you guys for we'll, we'll call that a night. So hello, hello. Well, just about is to say good- you, you and me, brother. It looks like it. Yeah. All right, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Ciao, guys. So thank you very much, guys, for uh, for coming on. Um, <laughs> That's one way of getting rid of them. Uh, thank you very much to our sponsors, Magic Rock, and uh, and hopefully we'll be back next week. Uh, um, are you all right, Celebrating guys? A Hello. There's a team that is dear to its followers. The colours are bright blue and white. Team of renown, they're the pride of the town, and the game of football is their delight. And all the while, upon the field of play, thousands loudly cheer them on the way. Often you. Can hear them say 
Who can be the town today? And then the bells will ring so merrily, and every ghost shall be a memory. So, town, play up and bring that car back to Huddersfield. So, town, play up and bring the car. Back to Huddersfield. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via McDelivery afterwards. Three points, not nugget share box, spot on. Order McDelivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.